Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome Kimberly Liebert with Lee Consulting. But before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, Enterprise Bank and Trust, Go Brand Go, Edward Jones, and the Tom James Company. Crafted using your exact measurements, custom clothing is a perfect expression of who you are or who you intend to be. It's about getting what you want, the right fit, the right fabric, the right details, the right style. Ben Lawler with the Tom James Company helps you choose from over 500 custom suit fabrics and 250 custom dress shirt fabrics. He can help you build your entire wardrobe, including suits, shirts, trousers, sports coats, and even custom tuxedos. To learn more, visit stlleaders.com. And now to this week's episode with Kimberly Liebert. Kimberly Liebert, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you coming on today. Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on your podcast today. Well, thank you for joining. We uh, got connected through LinkedIn and um, did some research on you and your organization. So I'm excited to kind of dive in and, and share what you guys do and, and your views on leadership with our community here in St. Louis. So let's kind of start there. Why don't you talk to us about growing up and what led you to starting Lee Consulting? Sure, sure. So I actually come from a family of entrepreneurs. So my grandparents were depression area, depression area era, excuse me, <laughs> World War II type people. And my parents exhibited the same values, but they, they built something out of nothing. So uh, they really taught and instilled in me to, to really reach for the stars. Whatever you can dream up, you can accomplish. And given that with hard work. So never waver in your belief in yourself and what you're doing at the most challenging times. Um, it, can, it can become, um, you know, something that you need to kind of course correct. Um, but if you always believe in yourself, then then you're going to, to succeed. And so I built my career in lead consulting by using those core values of being tenacious, hardworking, and a person of good character that's accountable. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there, and I, I think those values that were instilled in me still hold true. So Absolutely, absolutely. And all good values to have. <laughs> yes. So why don't you tell us what you guys do for those who don't know? Sure. So Lee Consulting is a woman-owned technology and management consulting firm based here in St. Louis. We specialize in IT strategy and roadmap development, cybersecurity, 
PMO and business analyst services, implementation, and we're also an application managed service provider for predominantly workday applications, but also Oracle and PeopleSoft. Uh, and then we offer clients full solution delivery teams or staff augmentation where needed to fulfill their projects. Um, I think, Brian, what we do is we pride ourselves in being an organization of kind of long tenured experienced consultants that we provide the client a well-rounded skill set and the latest insights into technology and industry trends. Um, and really paramount to our organization is quality. So quality in every piece of our delivery. Um, and by being a boutique firm, I think that we've been fortunate enough to um, have the best employees to be able to exhibit those qualities um, and put out a really good product. Um, and lastly, what we do and, and what we found is imperative that, you know, St. Louis is a, is a big giving community um, and they've been really good to us. And so we felt it be imperative to give back to our community too. So when you do business with us, uh, we give a percentage of our proceeds to uh, a variety of charities in our community um, for local support uh, that align with our business values um, and what we're doing <clears throat> as an organization. Oh, really neat. What prompted you guys to kind of start that? Well, we looked at things. So we feel like, you know, again, St. Louis is such a big giving community and we get so much value out of, out of it. But we looked and, you know, I have young kids and obviously a lot of people around the company do as well. But what is what am I trying to provide or what's the example we're trying to set? And I I think that really became pertinent. You know, if I if I look at my kids, what what are I, what am I doing here? It's not just building. Obviously, we need to build a company and it does generate revenue. But what are the other offsets or outputs that we could provide back into our community to create a better space and environment. Um, and that's really where we aligned it. And it has to do with women's values. It also has to instill girls' uh, confidence in girls, bringing tech to companies or people that kind of had been in kind of an industrial, say, uh, type of role before. And now that's turning um, and now turning that over where they can now embrace um, a career in technology. Um, it's really changing people's lives. So uh, I really am passionate about it and I believe in it. And the more we do it, the more, the more it's contagious, the more I want to do it. So absolutely, it's a really good feeling. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool that you guys do that. I think it also, and we'll kind of get into this later in the show, but also has a lot to do with kind of the company culture that you're developing there. Wouldn't you assume, say the same thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, you're kind of walking the walk and talking the talk all at the same time, which is really kind of cool. So talk to us about when you started the uh, the organization, kind of some of the challenges that you were faced as a small business and probably still are faced with today that you guys have, you know, either had to come over in the past, overcome in the past, or are currently kind of dealing with, you know, now uh, in the state of economy we're in currently due to COVID-19. What are some of those challenges as a small business you've faced and that you guys are working to overcome? Sure. So as an organization and something that we, you know, we've built from scratch, I've kind of bootstrapped the company and we've been successful in doing that. Um, but I would say, you know, in any organization and as you lead, especially as an entrepreneur, you're going to grow in one manner uh, to get to kind of your first plateau if you start out of the gate. And then as you grow further, you're going to kind of evolve your, your business plan and whatnot to grow to that second plateau. And so as we've kind of been on that journey, 
Um, I would say the two biggest challenges that we have had were obviously the people, right? Finding the right people. So all of those things I just described about lead consulting and the quality that we want to put out and the long tenure and experience, they have to find the right people for the organization. Uh, you know, they, they represent your organization, your team, um, and your reputation. So you want to find the right people. And so this, this economy, this market post-pandemic, um, I don't believe there is a I know this, there's the headlines are that there's a labor shortage. Um, I don't think there's a shortage. What I think it has done is kind of, it's taken off all of the boundaries. So now somebody that is seeking a new opportunity or a new challenge, they can go seek that across the nation because now we've created a, an environment of remote work of which I totally believe in, uh, but it's kind of given those opportunities. So it's, I don't think it's a shortage. It's just, there's a, a variety of competition out there for those great resources. So I, I think that's gonna always probably uh, be a challenge for us, but especially in this environment, um, it's definitely uh, a challenge, but we are succeeding at that. And then I would say brand recognition is the other piece. So developing a good brand recognition strategy and putting out PR and, and things of that nature. I mean, you can't do business and walk into business and expect them to to have clients do business with you if they don't know who you are or what you believe in um, or what kind of quality product you put out. Um, so I would say that those have been our two biggest challenges, um, but nothing that we, we haven't succeeded through or overcome um, that, yeah, I would say that's probably commensurate with probably any entrepreneur or most organizations out there too. Absolutely, absolutely. And I talked to a lot of businesses in the, the labor situation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, right. For some organizations, you're absolutely correct. It's opened a lot of uh, doors to hire employees in different you know, locations and cities and states. Um, and it's opened the talent pool up greatly. Um, and then I've talked to some organizations who obviously can't utilize that that new advantage. Um, and it's, it's hurt them as, you know, they, they're trying to find more, you know, blue collar type workers, so to speak. And, and it's, you know, been a challenge for them. So um, always a challenge in small business. And, and even as you become a larger organization, it's always one of probably the top challenges is talent, retaining talent, recruiting talent, making sure that your talent that you do have in the, you know, an organization is in the right spot and the right seat, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, I would say you're not, you're not unusual in that particular challenge for sure. Yes. So talk to us about networking. I know we kind of got connected via networking a little bit, but have you been able to use networking? I'm, I mean, I'm assuming you have, and especially in the women uh, owned business space um, to help kind of get your brand and your recognition and your name out there. And if so, how have you done that? Yes, definitely. I think networking is essential to growing your business, especially here in St. Louis and the Midwest. You know, we're the, we're the city that's the big small town. So um, it, it's great to, you have to get out there. You have to put yourself out there in order to build relationships. And once you do, you find that, you know, I think people are always willing to help you. Um, so you get connected with people and, but I think it's a two-way street too. You need to be able to give something back, um, but people are always willing to help, but it does work both ways. Um, so you, you need to be ready kind of and set to help other people. Uh, but through, you're right, through the women's organizations that I've been a part of and belong to, uh, and through other organizations, even through our charities, it's just brought a wealth of um, contacts and, and people that you would never probably 
have an idea that you would meet. Um, so I think the best piece about networking is that it can lead you to people or ideas that you may not have expected uh, and perhaps benefit you for sure, uh, or perhaps both of you. Um, and it can be a win-win for everyone. So Absolutely. Uh, I just believe in networking heavily. Absolutely. No, I, I think that was, that's great. Let's talk about COVID, um, how it impacted not only you guys from a business perspective, but how you guys were able to work with your clients on that. Um, if we look back at 2020 and even now 2021, it's, it's still crazy to me that we're still going through this. But um, if you look back on the last two years, really, how, do, how did it impact you guys? And were you able to kind of weather the storm, so to speak? Yeah, I totally agree. So yeah, in 2020, I, when the shutdown happened, I think we just didn't know what we didn't know. The world kind of froze. Um, and so we were, we were just impacted how our clients were impacted, to be quite honest. So we had some clients in the hospitality industry. Um, obviously, they were having a really hard time. Um, and then we had uh, clients in the grocery industry, and they were really thriving. Um, but they all had a new set of challenges, regardless of the industry or regardless how they were faring in that type of environment. So um, I think we did a good job of partnering um, with those to kind of weather the storm with them um, in both aspects. How could we help somebody transition into this whole new world of having and being inundated with business? And then on the other hand, how can we kind of uh, help partner and kind of shepherd you through this downtime? Um, and then as you come out the, the other end, we, we still have our relationship and, and we'll weather the storm kind of with you type of aspect. Um, so that's kind of how we move through the process. I would say today, um, it's kind of a hit or miss. Um, I think what we're looking for are, are at our challenges where now we're embarking on most of our clients are still um, remote, um, but now we're embarking on the, some of them are going to require vaccination cards, some of them are not. So we've just been able to, we have to adjust. So our onboarding process now has some additional steps included um, if it requires for a client to have vaccination status and those types of things. So yeah, right. It's just a whole new, a whole new world, but you have to adapt and adjust. And that's, I think that we've been successful at doing that. Yeah. Well, and as you know, and you know, it's, it's, when we talk about the challenges of a business, they are, they're ever changing, right. And you probably had right. no idea that, you know, two years ago, we'd be faced with this kind of challenge. I know, uh, I definitely didn't, um, no. but we've all figured out ways to kind of navigate the, the times and, and work through those challenges and work with our partners to make sure we've, uh, navigated through those. Let me ask you, you know, for being a technology firm, did you see an uptick in companies needing, uh, technology and support and consulting from a technology perspective? Yes. Yes, we did. So, um, like I said, where you're, you're, I mean, a lot of companies, they just had to pivot. So when you, you pivot and you have, um, a, a, a whole new code of a whole new code that you have to abide by given these new standards due to the pandemic, um, a lot of technology was implemented. So, you know, how do we adjust? So what, you know, drive up delivery or, and helping with those types of technology or automating some things or, uh, it, or just as basic as, you know, we, we, we need to be helped to procure all of this plexiglass immediately. You know, we need our system to do this and that and the other, just, just even the basics to get out there. Yeah. Um, been has been how we've helped our clients but yeah it's it's definitely technology has been at the forefront of it and I think it will continue to be but you kind of have to just went back to the basics and said okay what what can we do and how can we get that automated as soon as possible right um, yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and let's kind of talk about leadership. Um, when you think about your views on leadership and how you lead your current organization, talk to us a little bit about your views on that. Sure. So I take a collaborative approach to leadership. So I believe in that old adage that no one person is an expert at everything. Um, and I've learned that along my journey. Um, so no one person, you know, has the bandwidth either. So because of that, then you need to hire um, in the gaps that you have and hire that expertise. And therefore you bring um, like all of the experts to the table. For instance, I'm not an expert. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a legal expert, but I sure know that that we need that as part of our organization. So we put that in mind, or I do, or have um, certain uh, partnerships with people uh, to bring that expertise to the table. And I think that's been the biggest value that I have learned in my leadership style. Um, and I solicit advice and receive input. So, you know, it's not always gonna be a group decision. Obviously someone needs to be the decision maker, but where I think it works effectively is that you take all of the input from those experts and then you as the leader, you need to make the decision and it's gonna be your call. And then when you make that decision, then you have to be responsible and accountable for the decision that you made. Um, and it may not, you know, it may not be what somebody provided you their advice or whatnot, it may go against that, or it may be right in line with it. Uh, but again, at the end of the day, you're the one responsible and accountable for that particular decision. And yeah. I think- that's really, uh, that's really how we lead. And I like the collaboration. I like to hear ideas. Um, yeah, you can't just be a party of one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more on that. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. We talked about culture uh, earlier in this episode, but let's spend a little bit of time on that. I think um, I'm a big fan of you know the the word culture, and I think um, I think it really can make or break an organization personally. And so I was really intrigued by what you were talking about earlier when you talked about you know the you know, taking a piece of the revenue and and um, working with charities and local nonprofits in the, in the St. Louis area to give back to those. So talk to us a little bit about, obviously that's a piece of your, co your company culture, um, but how important is that to you and your organization? How have you helped like continue to develop your company culture outside of just that piece? Sure, sure. So outside of that piece, what we felt like is, um, you know, let's keep it simple. We, we're an organization of professionals. Um, and we also have a whole life outside of work. So we like to keep it balanced. Um, I, I need that for myself. I have two young children. Um, I have, I'm a later in life parent, um, built my career, had twins. And, you know, there's a whole lot to life other than just work. So how do we kind of make our clients a priority and deliver, but at the same time, make our personal lives work? Um, and so we kind of just go by those basic values of, you know, if you need to go take your child to a doctor's appointment, you need to just go do it, that type of thing. Um, don't ask for permission. We're not clock watchers, uh, that type of thing. We expect that when you're hired with us that you are a professional and you'll take on the responsibilities as such. So it's been a, a really nice and surprisingly 
people are, are they love it, but I, I, I'm surprised at how many organizations I think that don't kind of operate that way. Right. Um, I really love that people, people do love it, right? We, we all have a life and trying to create that balance. It's never going to be a hundred percent or 50, 50. We all know that, but how can we make it as easy as possible? And that's, that's what we are striving to do and try to have a, a good time and fun along the way to wherever we can incorporate that. So time for it to be serious and, and obviously deliver to clients and take all of that in, but then, you know, try to, to also relax and have fun. And then when you take a vacation, we really strive to have everything assembled in a plan that when you are on vacation, you are really on vacation. <laughs> um, we're not contacting you. Um, I can't tell you the amount of times I had that in my career. And um, yeah, just really trying to, to bring uh, a different perspective to our organization at Lee. And I feel like our employees are, are really uh, receptive to it. So it's so far so good. Yeah. I, um, I couldn't agree with you more on the, on the vacation piece. I, you know, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, I'm in sales. And so, you know, when my wife and uh, our family takes vacation, unfortunately, I just, I can't just put an out of office uh, on my email. I, I've got to be available to continue to work with prospects as well as current clients. You know, uh, we're in the HR payroll space. And so if I just have an out of office for a client who has an issue with a payroll, then that's, you know, that's not good for anybody. So uh, thankfully, my wife is uh, is understanding on, on that front. But um, I, I completely agree with you that when you're on vacation, for, um, it, it's you really need to kind of take some time away. Um, otherwise, the point of the vacation, other than just having some fun, doesn't really let you come back re-energized and ready to come back to work. Um, so if you're not in a sales position, obviously, the, you know, I would, I would couldn't agree with you on, more on that. And even if you are a sales position, you don't have to be like me. You can, you can find ways to, to have support uh, around you to, to work through that. Um, I'm just unfortunately built in a, in a, in a way that I, I can't shut it down, but um, that's, that's good and bad. Bad for my family, good for my clients. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I completely empathize, uh, empathize with you there, there too. It's a, it's a really hard balance um, to do at times, but we, we try for the team at least to, to, to really try to instill it. And you're right. It's never going to be a hundred percent, but the most, the, the most that we can buffer people, we really strive to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have there been any books that you have read along your career that kind of have shaped your views on leadership or company culture? Yeah. So um, there's a couple of books. Um, one is Dare to, uh, no, no, yeah, Dare to Lead. Uh, and then the other is, uh, it's called the, it's an old book. It's called The Art of the Savoir Faire. And so Dare to Lead, I think, was was good in that it emphasizes, you know, courage. You've got to put yourself out there. If you're a leader, you're going to have to put yourself out there and have the courage to do it <clears throat> and armor yourself against, you know, it's not always going to be success and accolades, right? So how do you kind of put that armor around yourself in order to, to, to instill that tenacity and confidence to keep going uh, in the, in the, in the vein of what goal you're trying to accomplish. And then I think conversely, there was this old book, I said, The Art of the Savoir Faire. It was from a French lady and she she was balancing the same thing. So so children late in life and and building her career and she was the, the CEO of Champagne. And um, her perspective was, you know, life is a, a series of episodes, really. Um, it's your career and your life are not necessarily a straight line journey. 
Um, and so these, these episodes could lead you into, they could all be successful and meaningful, but they may not be on that same linear track. Um, but they, they are times in your life um, that you should reflect on and they could lead you to, to different things and different successes. Um, I, I think that, you know, if you just have one, one goal in mind that you're going to kind of uh, not leave yourself open to, to other things that really could uh, enlighten your life and, and, and really benefit from. So it was two good books. Um, and I, I keep those values in mind. Unfortunately, with kids and work, I don't have as much time to read as I, I used to. Usually the book kind of just, you know, as you head to bed, it kind of comes and just lands on my face because I've already gone to sleep. But <laughs> yeah. but I to uh, take in as much uh, as I possibly can otherwise. Absolutely. I totally understand the totally understand how life can get in the way. There's no doubt about yes. that. Um, well, I always end this podcast, Kimberly, with asking my guests to kind of leave us with a piece of advice. So if you could think back on your career, um, whether it's about business, whether it's your personal life or being a mom, what kind of advice could you leave us with today? I think the best piece of advice I could leave you with is you need to believe in yourself, regardless of others, because there's always going to be somebody out there and build something that you're passionate about and that challenges you. Um, tenacity and confidence with humbleness, I think are great leadership qualities. These are the things that were instilled in me as a child and I, I still believe in them. Um, you have to be a person with good character out there and I think that, that your reputation is built around that. And I think that will ultimately make you successful. And then the old adage that we already talked about, you're not a team of one, hire the expertise that you do not possess, and that's going to create the best team possible for you and probably the most success. You're never going to be successful as one, or you will be, but only by the capacity that you can retain or the bandwidth that you have. So you're only hurting yourself if, if you don't kind of broaden out and try to trust people and bring in other points of view. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And I appreciate those two pieces of advice. On behalf of the STL Leaders podcast and myself, I appreciate you being a great STL leader. Keep doing what you guys are doing over at Lee Consulting. And I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL Leaders podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.